Look around, what do you see? Cars, lots of them. And guess what? They're probably on Auto Trader. Whether you're into timeless classics or the latest trends, did somebody say solar-powered, eco-friendly, vegan, leather-wrapped, aromatherapy-scented, disco ball-equipped, self-driving car? If you see it on the road, you can likely find it on Auto Trader. Big cars, small cars, blue cars, new cars, used cars, electric cars, and one day, maybe even flying cars. With millions of options to choose from, buying a car becomes a whole lot easier. See it. Find it. Auto Trader. Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck, and Jerry's here too, and Dave's here in spirit, which is appropriate because this is a kind of a Halloween-themed episode of Short Stuff. Is it not, Chuck? It's spoopy. Spoopy? Spoopy. Is that what you said for real? Yeah. Are you going to do this bit every year? I don't remember you saying it. So, yes, as long as I forget the next Uh day, yes, every year I'm going to do this. Spoopy. S-P-O-O-P-Y is a lighthearted spooky. Okay. Is that your own trademark slogan? No. Look it up. Okay. I will look it up. I'll actually, I'll forget all about it and won't look it up. And then next year, I'll agree to look it up again. Now we should all pause. Let you look it up. Okay. Since this is short stuff, we'll just let the tape roll. All right. <laughs> oh, look, there it is. Yep, you're right. Spoopy. <laughs> no, I didn't make it up. It's a thing. Okay. You know what else is a thing, Chuck? Candy corn. Candy corn. That's right. <laughs> It is a thing. It's one of the most divisive candies, probably the most divisive holiday candy of all time. Where do you land? Oh, I don't like it at all. Okay. Do you like it? I mean, there's a a bit of a a nostalgia play. Um, I don't, I I definitely can't say that I I think it's like, oh boy, this tastes great. I can't wait to eat it. (laughs) Right. But like if someone throws a candy corn in my mouth and I happen to be chewing, I'll be like, oh, that old that old memory. Uh, need, but I don't go. Puh, puh. I got you. We need to get one of those house divided license plates, right? <laughs> sure. So candy corn um, is actually super old. We know it's at least coming up on 150 years old. They think it came out in the 1880s. And by the way, thanks big time to uh, history.com, better homes and gardens, always a treat.com. Mm. Um, mbhenry.com and candystore.com a lot of dot coms in there but yeah. um one of the uh, one of the things about candy corn is its its origins are murky so people just generally say yeah this guy's the inventor yeah exactly uh i mean are we going to that guy um <laughs> no let's talk about where it came from originally we think yeah because previous to the actual corn they were making these kinds of candies, and that's not to say the ones that were shaped that way and colored that way, but we're talking about mellow cream. Yeah. You know those candy pumpkins? Yeah, that's mellow cream, right? Exactly. That, to me, is quintessential mellow cream, even more than candy corn. Yeah, and apparently they used to make all sorts of phony vegetables made out of that junk because Americans were still farming, and they could, you know, if you had a little uh, a seven-year-old, you could be like, you got to work in the field all day. Mm-hmm. When you come home, you're going to get this mellow cream asparagus tip. Or mellow cream bok choy. 
Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> you would think these little kids who are being forced into child labor, the last thing they would want to see in their candy were agricultural products. But apparently that's, that's, that's all they had to choose from. Yeah. The other thing to know about this, this context that candy corn emerged from, is that um, these candies were available year round. Mm-hmm. Um, th- and the thing that made candy corn stand out among its peers is that it had three colors. Technically, mm. two colors and the presence of all color. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like the way you put it. So let's talk about the guy who actually um, is credited with inventing this. Probably is. Who cares at this point? He's been credited for so long, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, and he's from Philadelphia, and they like to take credit for everything. So sure. uh, we're talking about George uh, Renninger is how I would pronounce it. Me too. Or Renninger, maybe. And he worked at the Wonderly Candy Company in mm-hmm. Philly, the brotherly love city. Yeah, and the reason why he's credited is that he was an employee there, and they are known to be the first company to start producing these. And I guess he was a candy designer there. Um, so Wonderly Candy Company was the first to put these out. They were out for a little while, um, and... You could, like I said, they were available year-round, all of these things were, and they weren't associated with Halloween. You could find them at just about any celebration where they had candy treats. Mm-hmm. But the thing to know about them is they were, so you know, like candy cigarettes or little candy people that you eat or candy things that look like other stuff? Mm-hmm. That's what candy corn was originally meant to, to be. And, of course, candy corn, it's in the name. But we think of it today as like little kernels of corn that you would, like, eat. It was originally marketed as candy corn in the sense that corn was chicken feed. So this was basically candy chicken feed is how candy corn started out. Yeah, because apparently, and this is something that I didn't know, this to me is the fact of the show, is that uh, including a little bit after World War I, but previous to that and in, in a few years after, mm-hmm. apparently corn was kind of like a, like a, 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 it's not a vegetable, it's a starch, right? Yes. It's a gar- it was a garbage starch. Like people, it wasn't on the plates of uh, most Americans, and you had to have been uh, really hard up for food, apparently, to eat corn as a human. It was just for chickens. Exactly. So this is what kids were eating. They would go to the store and get a box of chicken feed from the Golitz Candy Company. So this is the company that really exposed candy corn to the world. Which and- is, I love corn. Do you like corn? I like corn on the cob. For some reason, once you take it off the cob, I think it's disgusting. Oh, even in like a a dish like elote or like a salad or something? It depends. It it really depends on the dish. But like if it's canned, I I mean, oh, God, I can barely like talk about it. (laughs) You know, the old uh, story of when I was missing that front tooth and I would eat corn and there would be little rows of uneaten (laughs) corn every like two inches. That was a Mad Magazine cover, too. (laughs) I think it was. So um, candy corn's out there. The genie's out of the bottle, as they say. Kids are eating this candy chicken feed. But then by like the mid-20th century, people ate corn normally. And by the mid-20th century, Halloween was very much associated with candy. I think around this time is when candy corn really became linked to Halloween. Like it would be weird to see candy corn at Easter. But that's how it used to be, friends. Yeah, but now it's linked Uh, Starting in the mid-20th century, like you said, to Halloween, and we will take a break, yeah? Yeah. And we'll talk about how you make the stuff right after this. 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, you went to that website, alwaysatreat.com, and uh, they had a pretty good story there about how they used to manufacture this. And it's not a whole lot different than they do it today. Obviously, yeah. it's automated today. But uh, back then, you would get a bunch of dudes, and they would get sugar and corn syrup and some other you know, magical ingredients. Mm-hmm. And they would cook it in these big kettles and boil it all up. They would add a little marshmallow, maybe a little fondant to smooth it out a little bit, and uh, 45 pounds uh, at a time, they would make this uh, warm slurry, and they would pour it into buckets called runners, mm-hmm. and then these guys called stringers would uh, walk backwards down a line and pour this candy into these little uh, little molds, these little trays in that classic iconic kernel shape. Yeah, and the trays were made of cornstarch, and it would take three passes, and for some reason— I don't understand why the stringers, the guys pouring the candy corn slurry into the molds, would walk backwards. Do you? Mm, no, I no. don't. I was trying to think it might be easier to pour. I mean, it, it was probably had something to do with the setup. I mean, I could understand if you're left-handed, you're walking backwards. But if you're, or if you're right-handed, yeah, I think right-handed, you'd be walking backwards if the thing was on your left. 
There's no explanation I can find for why they would walk backwards. Well, they are from Philly, so maybe they were just like, we're candy corn stringers. We walk backwards. Yeah, probably. That's you never know. That's, that answer is as good as any. But the, the whole thing is that we take three passes because they would put the white in, then the yellow, and then the orange. And that's how it was originally made. And basically nothing has changed except, like you said, it's become automated. They use essentially the same ingredients, which, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. It's, um, like you said, made with sugar. It's made with fondant, which is sugar, water, and corn syrup. It's made with corn syrup, which is a whole bunch of different sugars, mostly glucose, vanilla flavoring, and marshmallow cream, which is made from corn syrup, sugar, water, and eggs. There's a lot (laughs) of sugar in these things. And they melt them into a slurry, all those ingredients, and they pour them into cornstarch molds, just like they did uh, 100-something years ago. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. They just layer up the colors just like that uh, more than, and this is according to the National Confectioners Association, the NCA says 35 million pounds of this stuff, which amounts to 9 billion pieces of candy corn, are produced annually in modern times. Yes, and even in keeping in uh, tradition, they make the machines work backward for some reason when they're pouring the slurry. That's right, and... Are we done? Of course not, because somehow you found actual survey statistics <laughs> on how popular this stuff was. Yeah, because there's a thing. It's been around for almost 150 years for a reason. And the reason is there are some people out there who actually like candy corn. Yeah. I know it's weird. It's a weird <laughs> thing to say, but it's true. So much so that the National Retail Federation, a font of um, statistics that have to do with shopping, purchasing, and consumerism in general, said that in 2019, 95% of people who shopped for Halloween stuff bought candy corn. 95%. I'm not one of them. I wasn't either. We're in that weird 5%, but I can't believe it. The thing is, is I don't think all those people are, are eating candy corn necessarily. No, and it turns out if you go on to uh, crafty websites, there are all kinds of... Uh, fun little crafts you can do with candy corn because it is a, you know, the color itself lends itself to uh, sort of fall feelings and fall crafts. So you can do all kinds of stuff. Basically, you can hot glue it on whatever you want to. Basically, yeah. I saw a cute one. Um, I can't remember where, but if you spike a pumpkin, you can make a little um, candy corn pumpkin hedgehog. Oh, that's cute. It's adorable. Okay, so um, I found some more stats too, Chuck. All right, let's hear it. Like, oh, I don't know. Where is it popular? Yeah. Candystore.com looked over 16 years of their <laughs> shipping data. That's amazing. To identify the top three favorite candies for each state. And candy corn was in the top three. It was not the first for any state, but it was in the top three for a bunch of different states from South Carolina to Maine to North Dakota to Michigan to New York. And then nationwide, it was number eight. That's amazing. And we should thank Leslie, the temp at candystore.com that month. Who they tasked with with doing this? You're right, for sure. <laughs> poor Leslie. Uh, yeah, poor Leslie. That's all right. It probably wasn't a bad job. All right. Uh, they also did a poll, mm-hmm. and I think Leslie was in charge of this too. Because did they poll three thousand people? Thirty-two hundred and forty-seven. Did they pour? Did they poll thirty-five hundred? No. I guess they polled everyone that they had their email contact for. Uh, which was, like you said, 3,247. Mm-hmm. And they said that, uh, do you like it? Do you hate it? Why? And 
nostalgia, which is what I mentioned, that was one of the big reasons why people get this stuff. It's something mm-hmm. they had when they were a kid that they might have liked the taste of when they were a kid. And then as adults, they'll say, well, you know, I got to I got to be in that fall spirit and let's let's grab a bag. Yeah. And then um, sweetness was another one for people who like candy corn. And then conversely, sweetness was a big reason people don't like candy corn. Yeah. One of the respondents said it was like biting into a sugar cube. And that's pretty close to accurate. There's also the waxy texture that puts some people off, including me. I actually don't mind that part. Oh, yeah. I tell you what, though, I haven't had one in years, but it's an unforgettable flavor. Yeah, I I have had it. I can bring that flavor to mind, too. I just I don't want it again, essentially. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, And overall, though, out of that 3,247 Americans they pulled, 56% were fans and 44% were not. So um, there are more people, at least according to that poll, who like candy corn than don't. That's right. And if you thought it couldn't get any better, everybody, Leslie drilled down even further and found out how people how people eat them. Mm-hmm. Uh, 51% just pop it in their mouth and crunch it like it's a piece of popcorn. Normal. Uh, 16% start with the widest bit, which is the yellow bit. Mm-hmm. And then 33% conversely uh, flip it over and start at that little smaller white end, mm-hmm. which is amazing to me that someone actually takes that tiny of a bite of something that small. Yeah. Some people like that tiny little white part. As if it tastes any different. Right. It definitely does not. It shouldn't. No. If it does, you might want to take it back to the store because yeah, there's something wrong exactly. with your candy corn. Yeah, this white part tastes good. Mm-hmm. You got anything else? I got nothing else. Well, we're getting close to Halloween, everybody, which means short stuff is out. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.